Tuesday. It's eleven thirty. I guess I, do I do I do the Isaiah Thomas thing? Do I point down at my watch and say, "Do you know what time it is?" I, I maybe like maybe I could do it like Vader used to do in the day. It's time! It's time! It's time for Cali Oaks Tuesdays with Cali here on the Beatles. Hey Cali, I got a I got a question to tie you right off. Are, right. you, are you kids in school? The the Scott County uh, kids. It is it is spring break this week. Oh, so the uh, teacher strike isn't affecting you, or did you already have it? When strike, you... The teachers uh, they they took uh, they took Friday off. Uh, they, they 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 had a mass calling in sick on sick Friday. Out. Yeah, so pretty much the whole state of Kentucky was off. Um, there are parts of eastern Kentucky that are not on spring break this week, so those. Those schools are affected, and you know, there's it's up in the air. I mean, I've, I've seen a lot of conversation online of people saying, Well, I hope this doesn't drag into next week, and you know, I don't know, we'll, we'll see how it goes. Uh, they're down to the last seven, seven weeks of school. I mean, they get done Memorial Day ish, so they really don't want to push it. <laughs> you know, I'm sure there's not a lot of one people that give up their that want to give up their uh summer vacation so, so we'll see summer but, vacation uh, and summer jobs summer, yeah so you, <laughs> exactly you know you, when you're on strike because of you know you don't you don't like the the economic situation that the governor's put you in and, and you know you, some in, in some cases it's because you you need to you need to keep working to, to support your family in the summertime so yeah there's, there's definitely that factor well i think well. early on a lot of teachers work summers until they get Ten years or so under. I know my uh, my parents. You know my mom did a lot of summer school sure. and stuff, and my dad painted houses uh, until he got his his masters and got a better financial situation. So yeah, for sure. So uh, what's uh, Scott County baseball is in action right now? They are playing as we speak. Ten a.m. They had the first pitch down in Florida at the IMG National Classic, which. Uh, is as big a deal as it sounds. Uh, kind of an odd number of teams, 14 teams. So they, they're playing the first game today. And then based on the results of the first game, I guess they seed you in the bracket uh, for bracket play. So they're guaranteed games on Wednesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. But it's against – there's a lot of state champions from various places in the country and, and some, some pretty big-time prep schools, uh, top 25 ranked you know, nationally. So, uh, good competition. They're down one nothing right now. They've had a couple of chances to score and haven't pushed anything across. So, But, uh, you know, and, and kind of a tough situation. They've been off for a whole week. The, the, the rain has not cooperated down here. They had a couple of games canceled before they left. So, uh, it's uh, not, the, not the easiest situation to go in and play uh, teams that are Teams that are so renowned uh, across the country, but uh, you know, good for them, and you know, better for them that they're in Florida and getting to go to Disney World, and the beach, and various places that I can't go. Yes, that's correct. That's uh, I love that. I love how people that are younger than me are like traveling all over the place and like posting their photos on Instagram of yoga poses <laughs> yeah. on the beach. And I'm like, like what? that, like that meme says. And here I am. All I went to Walmart today. You know, yeah. basically what I could afford to do. I got a ribeye, and, and it was very exciting. And, and you, you know, know it's it, if I had a dime for everybody last week who asked me, are "You going to Florida with us?" I'm like, yeah, mm, right. You plan to pack me in the luggage and let me stay yeah. in your room? Right. That's yeah. About the only way. Oh yes, and hire an assistant so they can put the paper out while yeah if you could do that too that would be great you know that would be fabulous i think that would be i think that would be just fine you know that's gonna happen though that's gonna happen how much of a 
I, I got to tell you, I lost all interest in this tournament when Loyola Chicago was done. I was done at that point because I already knew what was going to happen uh, last night. There was you know, no, I've, there was I've always nothing. Said, you know, we we like upsets early in the tournament, and we like that Cinderella story even into the second weekend. But beyond that, do we really like it? Because a, we usually get a, a lopsided game in the final four. You know, we've seen it with uh, we've seen it with George Mason. We kind of saw it with VCU only. I think they played Butler a few years ago, so that was kind of Cinderella versus Cinderella at the time. But uh, it doesn't always pan out. It usually has a sad ending. And then, yeah, you're right. It, there's, a, there's a sense of uh, anticlimactic uh, excitement regarding the, the, the entire thing. And I, and I think we, uh, we kind of all could see as this tournament was going on that uh, if Villanova lost, it would be a tremendous upset. You know, for, for, for as, as balanced and, and hectic as the regular season was, you know, and, and that was, I think, over stated a little bit because if you look at Villanova's season the only games they lost were in conference which you're expected you know I think it's the world we live in we overreact to everything that happens in the moment you know when the Patriots lose to Miami in Miami everybody loses their mind Miami's supposed to win that game in Miami even though it's against the Patriots it's a divisional game at home you know you're not supposed to win those games you know and the same thing goes in major college basketball you're supposed to lose conference games on the road and going over did a couple of times but they were the best team all season long there should have never been a point where anybody thought any different they showed that throughout the tournament Good for them so um what do you uh do you think especially with all this all this stuff that came out about college basketball this year it seems like every year they're they're trying to kill it like and of course it looks like the one and done thing is going to end like, how do you think that's going to affect the turn? Do you think we're going to start seeing more Loyola Chicago's, or do you think we're going to start seeing more Villanovas that are kind of so dominant for three years because of the uh, the kids that they recruit that they're going to be able to kind of wipe the floor with you? I mean, the thing about Villanova that gets me, and I know you guys aren't big into the gambling thing, but here's the thing with Villanova: not only did they go they go undefeated, you know, straight up, they covered the spread in every single game, which. Is, does not happen very often. There's usually one game of the tournament where you know they have to luck out, and they, they, and it was the same thing in 2016. That that is nuts. Like it, it that's was insane. Digits all the way through this year, and uh, yeah, I, I I don't know how it's going to affect because I, I think how it's affected it to this point and how the one and done is existing is that honestly we we have seen more uh, Cinderella teams and we have seen more of those uh, kind of kind of the major programs that we've forgotten about. I think, you know, if you look at Villanova from the late 80s till know, about five years ago, they were just kind of there. You know, they were one of those programs that you didn't really you know, think of too much beyond the first or second round of the tournament. And I, I think it the, the situation has helped them a little bit. I, I think, if anything, we may see more, you know, the, the traditional blue bloods that everybody likes to use that term, the Dukes, the Carolinas. Although Carolina wasn't a one-and-done school either. They, they, they benefited from the two guys. So Kentucky, uh, some of the schools that have had one-and-dones, I think, will probably rise to the top a little more and, and, and have a fight chance, especially in that second or third year of, uh, of winning it all. Uh, I think what you've seen lately is the maturity level of some of these teams uh, that have, you know, and, and some of it goes up to the coaches. It's not just the age. Somebody posted last night, you know, the, what a big deal it is to have three juniors in your starting lineup or whatever. But it's not just the fact that they're juniors, it's the type of kids they are. Uh, you know, Jay Wright and John Beeline in particular really seem to get guys that fit their system and 
and have a certain maturity level, uh, even for even beyond 20 or 21 years old. You know, and sometimes that's a bigger deal than being a McDonald's All-American. And I think some of the schools are enamored by the the glitz and glamour and the five stars and all that. But uh, when you get them, when you actually get them on campus, you realize they they've been pampered their whole life and they've been put on that list their whole life. And there's just you know a certain diva quality to them that you have to you have to break. And one year doesn't give you enough time to do that. So. Uh, I think uh, certainly it's helped schools like Villanova uh, do it, continue to do it the right way and, and be even more successful at it. But um, I, don't, I don't know how it will affect that, to be honest with you. It may, it may not change it at all. He, uh, Coach Wright was pretty clear on he doesn't go after those blue chip. He's never the, the guy that wins the, the recruiting war when, it, when the this recruiting season is over. He's like the, I liken him to the Patriots. He takes the B players. They stay in school. He coaches them up, and they play very well as a team. And yeah, I mean, I'm sure I think that's out of high school. Brunson wasn't that kind of blue chip. I mean, he was—he was basically a legacy player. He was sure. okay. Your dad played here, and and here's your shot. And uh, you know, hardworking kid who always had that dream. And uh, you know, you, you want you want those kids on your team. I I think the last. Five or ten years, especially, has borne that out. I, I don't think you. Uh, I don't think you want to go after those. That, you know, maybe it's okay to have one, but I think when you have a starting lineup full of them, uh, there's there's very few cases where uh, you know Duke, Duke and Kentucky each had that one year where if Kentucky hadn't lost, they would have played that Duke team in the final, and you would have had a, you know no way to avoid a, a team full of one and done. But, uh, Ultimately, I, I think the, the success of that has been pretty limited if you look uh, across the board. So, uh, what, what about um, the? There's a kid now that's it's not he's not going to go to college, but he's not he doesn't want to be drafted. He's going to the G League, <laughs> and yeah, uh, and he wants to uh, get his his season in there, or maybe even two, but probably one. The problem is, unless he's picked by a team. He isn't affiliated with anybody. I mean, the Red Claws don't have players, do they, that aren't going to play for the Celtics eventually unless they trade them off. So how's that going to work for a kid like that? Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't, I, I'm not 100% sure how that – I don't know if they have any independent guys in the roster, on each roster if you have a certain quota of them or not or if the G League is going to change in a while. That I, I, I don't know. I, I just I, – you know, I, and – if a kid is really that good, what more power to him? But I, you know, I don't. I, you know, I think the problem is you, you've had these guys at that, that that were really, really NBA ready physically. Uh, LeBron James was an exception. You could see him sure. in school, you know, physically and, and probably even mentally, he was ahead of the game. Uh, and you had Kobe and Kevin Garnett. But, you know, how many of those guys really have been ready over the years? Not many. For every one of those that do ones. There was a there was a one and done guy that got taken uh, first, second, or third pick in the draft that, that really did nothing, or a guy right out of high school that really did nothing when that was allowed and when you when you could be picked uh, at that point. So uh, it's it's a it's a crapshoot for sure. Uh, I, I like the fact I like the fact that uh, these one and done guys have been able to go and at least work with a. A coach that will kind of work on that, you know. If you're going to go play for Shashevsky or Calipari, you're going to have someone that's going to actually care about you as an individual, and I think that's 
that's yeah. an important part of the building block for those kids, whether they realize it or not. And I think they do realize it. I think that's why they do it. I think if you, you know, when you when you when you go around that system and you go directly to the pros, you're you're missing an, an important component. I think it's not even the going to class and you know representing the school. It's really that one on one with with someone that's at that level as a as a coach and as a person that's gonna that's gonna help you out and show you the right way. Well, look at look at the NHL and all the kids who go to juniors before they even think about going to college or whatever. And and Major League Baseball, my God, how many how many rounds are there in the draft, and how many minor league teams are there, and div, you know different levels. And I mean, there's a lot of underpinning that basketball doesn't really have, other than AAU. That's true, and uh, you know it, as. The past 20 years have grown, and as uh, you know, parents have gotten that dream and started living more vicariously through their kids, you've seen that it grow in just about every sport. So I guess it's to be expected that uh, you know, basketball basketball is going to want a piece of the pie, too, and basketball families are going to want a piece of the pie. But, uh, and it's just, uh, yeah, it's a complicated situation. I you know, I, I again as a you know maybe it's just because I'm a Duke fan, but I, I love I love seeing a, a guy guys like Williamson and Barrett uh, go there, get a year with Coach K, and, and and develop as people. Uh, but on the other on the flip side, as a Duke fan, I look at their success in the last ten years, and it hasn't been it hasn't been much. You know, he's only been to uh, he's only been to a couple of final fours since 2010 when they really just kind of that was the that was the last really senior dominated team that Duke had yes and you know other than other than the one year where they snuck in and beat Wisconsin because Wisconsin you know which was a mature junior and senior dominated team beat that Kentucky team they haven't really done much and uh so it's uh it's a I I think it has helped I know it has helped the uh the the mid-majors and the and the uh the second tier majors, so to speak, if Villanova was that before all this started. But uh, now I remember Tim Thomas going to Villanova back in the night. There's an example. There's a guy who was a, a one and done back when it first started being a thing. And you know what did he do in the NBA other than bounce around? Not much. He you did. Know, he did nothing. And, and basically, Tim Thomas cost T.J. Cowett a starting job because he get mm-hmm. he basically got recruited over him like whoop, in and out. You know. Yeah. Yeah. It was. It was, you know, great. TJ's going to Villanova, and then at the last minute, you have, uh, you know, uh, Thomas making his big announcement, kind of like, kind of like the, you know, LeBron James making his at the time. And uh, yeah, that was that was the end of TJ. TJ became the sixth man, and uh, you know, that was it. So uh, yeah, it's it, it's tough on that. That's part that's underestimated, I think, is it affects other kids too. Other kids want to make their decision and go to a school that's. Uh, that's right for them, but then you know, last second, some guy moves in, and you basically lost a year because you know they're going to be in the starting lineup ahead of you for sure. And you know, now what? That's exactly what will happen. Callie Oaks joins us from the Georgetown News Graphic down in Kentucky. You can catch me in the Sun Journal every other week. You know, Wing and I were talking earlier about players who didn't fit in their past generations, but would in, in this generation of sport. Uh, came up with Eric Metcalf, Doug Flutie. I thought was was a guy in terms of football. You know, can you think of guys that were like just way too far ahead of things and would be uh, way more revered now? I thought Stanley Morgan was too. Like Stanley Morgan played with some terrible quarterbacks and terrible offenses, and still was able to do quite a few things. Like, can you think of some guys? It doesn't have to be local guys; it could be anybody that was totally underappreciated when we saw them, and now would be super appreciated. 
I almost think like when I when I think of Pete Maravich as a pro, maybe I think he is. You know, in this day and age, he might he might be a, a better fit in the NBA now than he was in the seventies. I don't know. Um, yeah, and you look at I mean Stanley Morgan is a good because how many bad teams did he play on? Uh, I, I think I look at guys that. Uh, to play on bad teams and never really got a chance to go to a Super Bowl or something like that would fit into that category for me. But, uh, I don't know, what do you? I mean, obviously the the uh, the whole social aspect of, of everything has changed. But what else do you think has changed the past twenty years to 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 make it to make it a different environment for these guys? Well, the game changed. Yeah, look at the NBA. I mean. Shooting from outside now is, I mean, that's all well, they do. I just, yeah, I guess that's why I think of Maravich. I mean, the the, the uh, everything is all analytics, and okay, we're going to take threes because you know, if you make forty percent of your threes, it's better than making fifty percent of your twos or whatever. Which I don't necessarily agree with. I'm 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 going to be stubborn to the last minute on that, and and, and think that good fundamental basketball means uh, getting the ball inside once in a while. But uh, yeah, I, I think I think in basketball, anybody who was an unconscious shooter. Is a better fit. No, I like. I mean, and, and and the flip side, I I'm not sure Trey Young would have been worth a damn 25 years ago, but but he's going to have a good career because no, that's of true. the style of play. That, yeah. uh, you know, I I, I think we, we kind of laughed at guys that you know shot at that willy nilly back in the <laughs> back in no, the day, right. but yeah, I, I think I think that's the that's more so. I see guys that are are, are are big now in sports, and I'm like, man, would they have been able to make it 20 years ago? Probably not. Well, what made us think about it is last night in that game, Michigan uh, Wagner. I mean, he's a back to the basket big man. It, yeah. Hello, <laughs> there aren't any of those anymore. No, there aren't. He, he's certainly a, he's not a he's not a fit for this era. Other than the fact that he's uh, he's a good guy to have as a yes. coach. I, I, you can see yep. why you know Beeline, uh, and you can see why a coach like that has the philosophy that he does. Okay, we're not. And maybe, maybe did Michigan start all this with the Fab Five? I mean, for the most part, those guys were not going to stay for four years, and I think everybody knew it at the time. So maybe we can blame them for this. Sure. Thing. Uh, but I think it's funny that now they're one of those schools that uh, you know kids don't really. You know, if if you're a one and done, you're not really thinking about Michigan. You're thinking about dude. You're thinking about Kentucky. You're thinking about one of those, so it's funny that Michigan's kind of a destination now for guys that want to be on the three or four year plans. Uh, but yeah, I, I think the the game, to your point, the game has changed, uh, and I think it's true both in both directions. There's guys that are, are better fit now that would have struggled 20 years ago, and there's guys that were uh, certainly ahead of their time then that uh, you kind of wonder what they could do. You know, I've always said it's one of the things that. It's crazy about the Olympics. Depending on how old you are and when the four years comes up, oh yeah, you, you miss your chance. Oh, I, I think uh, you see that in golf and tennis. I mean, there's certain guys that that are contemporaries of, of Tiger. You know, you know, Phil's had a good career, but how many other golfers uh, were born at the wrong time then? <laughs> sure. <laughs> You know, can, if if Justin Thomas or uh, Jordan Spieth were were twenty years older, would they would they be as good as they are in that context? I don't know. And uh, you know, you, you see that with tennis. I mean, right, well, I right now, in, right now in men's tennis, you've got Nadal, Federer, Djokovic. They've all come up in the same generation, and they've kind of beaten each other up. But how many other guys had zero chance being yeah. born in the same generation with well, those? That's right. 
yeah, you, yeah, I think I think a lot of sports is timing and and, and taking advantage of your opportunities. And, and and you have guys that peak in college. Okay, I, there were, how many great college players have there been that uh, didn't didn't really uh, didn't really adapt well to the NBA or the NFL? You see many of them playing against the Red Claws. You know, like you do. I mean, leaders. I think that's what the G League. How many how many guys in the G League are like, man, they were big names in college, you know. I remember, you know, thinking they were a big deal and they, they don't even they don't even make an NBA roster. I think it's kind of and basketball's always been that kind of sport, you know. You, you, I think you know, and maybe it's because there are uh, there are fewer roster spots that we remember their names. It's not like football, I don't know, but uh, yeah, I mean there's there's uh there's that element where uh, we, wow, so and so was a big star at Syracuse or, or, or North Carolina, and now they're mm-hmm. not even. We, in the league. We've certainly seen top uh, first first uh, round draft picks in the NFL, though, that were dubs. When it, when they got on the roster, they they just weren't any good. Right. What's the I mean, kid? And, Kenneth Sims. And how much? And, what, and, 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 and some of that is is we get overwhelmed by the. Uh, the, the combine, you know, every the, the combine's on television now. It's twenty four seven coverage of it for a week at a time. You know, you got like Mike Mamula, who's you know, <laughs> lifted eight hundred pounds. Yeah. Oh, he's going to be a superstar, and then no. So. Well, remember they said Durant wasn't going to be any good because he couldn't bench press. Yeah, really, that really hurt him, didn't it? Well, it's funny how di- there's always been different philosophies on on uh, on basketball too. You know, is it a sport where you need to lift weights or not? Some guys, some guys, uh, some guys do, some guys don't. Some guys are coached to, coached not to, and some guys are coached to you know to to do it religiously. And uh, there's different trains of thought, but uh, yeah, it, it's it's funny how in some sports, you know, I, I come back to football, I, you know, we can be, we can be overwhelmed by the, the physical and the measurable, but, uh, there's, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of things that play into it that are not measurable. And the Patriots, uh, who, who's done that better than the Patriots, you know, figuring out who those guys are over the past 20 years. His name is Callie Oaks. You can catch him in the Georgetown news graphic. You can also catch him in the sun journal every other week. He joins us each and every Tuesday because, well, he can provide us with knowledge that we will not get from other places. So that's how that goes. Happy anniversary to you and the missus. I'm glad by the you way. didn't say that at the beginning because I would have had a lot to live up to. I, well, I, yeah. and I totally understand. That's why I saved it for the end. At big plans tonight? Like, you can't go to the Chickadee down there. Do they have a, no, do they have like it, a Chickadee? It, it, down, here it's, down here it's Malone's. Malone's is a steakhouse where... If you walk in, there's like autographs on the wall from everybody that's ever played for UK. Every every famous person from a road team that's ever been through town. Every major concert act that's ever played at Rupp Arena. They've all been to Malone's and signed the autograph, and it's 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 up on the wall. So nice. That's where that's where the anniversary dinner is tonight. That's all good. Right. All right. Well, make sure. And now, when you think of Malone's, say hi to the Sam Malone, and that's you know any uh, a David Carr autographed helmet or some sort of John Gruden swag as a gift. Is that is that what's going on? I don't want to ruin anything, but you know, John Gruden autographed picture maybe. That would be fantastic. You know, I, I think I should I should have arranged that ahead of time. Yeah, it's I, all right. I, I wasn't I wasn't thinking very clearly. It's all fine. I could see John Gruden signing it now, saying the only person who looks younger than me. Uh, happy anniversary, Lori. You know, I think that would be that there would be good. Go. I could see that. I mean, you know, yeah, that would really that would really be good, tug at the heartstrings. I mean, what, <laughs> what better gift would it be for your wife after twenty five years than that? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, my friend. Take care. Thanks, man. You see you later. That's Kelly Oaks from the Georgetown News Graphic. You can see each and every Tuesday here on the B List.